Welcome to our Agile Tales, where we share the various successes and trials we've encountered as we navigate corporate levels and political waters to transform the business to be adaptable to this forever changing world. Today, we continue where we left off last time with Beata Bosnes as we discuss Beyond Budgeting. If you haven't listened to the previous episode, please do so before listening to this one. A little bit about Beata before we start. Beata pioneered the Beyond Budgeting movement. He has a long international career in both finance and HR. He's also an author, a business speaker, and the winner of the Harvard Business Review Management Innovation Award. Let's welcome Beata back as we bring him on to explore Beyond Budgeting. Hello, Beata. Thank you for being in yet another episode of our Agile Tales, where we're going to explore beyond budgeting. Shall we dive right in? Why not? Well, let's talk about you, Beata. How did you get started with your beyond budgeting journey? What was the problem you were trying to solve and what prompted you to experiment? Well, let me first say that it was definitely not given that I should sit here today and discuss beyond budgeting with you, because my career started in a very different place. After I graduated from business school uh, way back in the 80s, I joined Statoil, as Equinor was called at that time. And my first management job the year after was head of the corporate budget department. So I've been handing up more budget processes in my life than I want to be reminded of in, in that job and in many other finance manager jobs. But then 10 years later, something happened. Stottel established a new company together with another company in the petrochemicals business called Borealis, a 50-50 joint venture, Europe's largest petrochemicals company at the time with 30 plants across Europe, headquartered in Copenhagen. And I was asked to head up finance in this organization. And we started operations March 1, 1994. And it didn't take long before the question came, where is the budget for 1994? We can't operate without the budget, people told us. And as finance people, we agreed. So we started to work on that budget for 1994 on top of everything else you have to do when you are establishing a new company, right? Um, recruiting people, setting up systems, moving to Copenhagen with your family, buying a house and you name it, all, all those things. But sometimes in June, July, we actually had that budget ready. Half the year had already passed, but everybody relieved, back in control. Then I think it took two days before the obvious next question came, what about the budget for 1995? We are already late, right? <laughs> so, and again, we agreed, started to work on that budget, which was finished then sometimes in the fall. I can't exactly remember when, but by then, we were completely exhausted, completely knackered. So the only energy we had left, we spent at the hotel outside of Copenhagen. We gathered the finance function from across Europe. And the purpose of that day was, how can we improve the budgeting process in that company? And we spent this day having completely unimportant discussions. Shall we move this column from here to here in order to simplify? Shall we stop asking for this number in order to simplify? I mean, peanut issues. And towards the end of this day, as we were just about to move another column, then we suddenly heard from a guy back in the corner. This was normally quite an active guy, but for some reason he had been very quiet, quite passive throughout the day. But suddenly he said, what if we don't budget at all? The room became 
dead silence. Everybody turned around, looked at the guy. Nobody said anything, but I think we were all thinking the same. This guy needs a vacation. And that was it. But it turned out to be some kind of a milestone or an important point, actually, on, on this journey, because Half a year later, the company realized that the synergies that they got out of this merger and the new company, it was not enough. A very competitive business. So there was more needed. And the big thing in the 90s was business process re-engineering. A lot of the big consulting companies earn a lot of money on business process re-engineering. But if you look at it, I mean, it's only common sense. Turn every stone and look for a better way. And... I was asked to head up part of this program, which was called management effectiveness. And I went to the CFO that I reported to, and I, I asked him, I mean, what do you mean management effectiveness and what do you expect? And he just smiled and then he looked at me and he said, Jotte, I expect the unexpected. That was the mandate. I went back to uh, my team, shared this with them, and it didn't take long before that comment from the guy in the corner came up again. Could this be an opportunity to do something radical? Because, I mean, even if we are budget people, we were not stupid. We knew that this was not the most intelligent process <laughs> in the world, but kind of do, kicking it out had been unthinkable up to this point. So we went back to the CFO and said that we want to kick out the budget. And he smiled again, and then he said, what shall we then do instead? And we had to admit that we don't have a clue. Maybe you shall go and find out, was his message. So that's what we did. We started to search for an alternative to traditional budgeting. And don't forget, this was before there was anything called Beyond Budgeting. And this was before Google, right? So search here, that meant calling people, reading, discussing. And that's what we did, weeks and weeks and couldn't find anything. There was a little glimmer of hope because we read an article about Volvo, Swedish Volvo, that they had kicked our budgets. We went up to their headquarters in Sweden, but we, they had done some interesting things, but we were after something more radical. Back to Copenhagen, continue to search, and we were this close to giving up before there was another great question coming up, which we'll come to in a minute. Uh, just one little story in between, because after we heard about Volvo, we read in a US business magazine that Jack Welch, the former GE CEO, he had said that the budget is the bane of corporate America. And then we thought that, well, if he can say this, we must be onto something. And the little detour on this story is that many years afterwards, I was actually invited by Jeff Immelt, his, uh, who succeeded him, to have once a year a legendary management gathering in Boke Raton, I think it's called, 600 top managers, and they wanted to hear about Beyond Budgeting. And I was up there doing my session, and afterwards, a lot of people came over to me and said that, you know, what Jack said, that was for the outside world. Um, what what he did internally in GE, that was a very tight budget uh, ship. Anyway, back to Copenhagen, continued to search, couldn't find anything. And then came this defining moment, number two. The guy on the team asking, why do we budget? What's the purpose of a budget? 
And again, we looked at him, what kind of question is that? And as you know, as we've been talking about the last time, it's the great question that cracked it all. And we, so, so we designed new, separated, designed new processes and it worked wonderful. You know what, on, so 96, 1996 was the first year without budgets, cost came down. It worked wonderful. I stayed in finance for another few years. Then in 98, I moved from finance to HR, heading up HR in that company, which was a real wake up call for me with the kind of the people side of beyond budgeting. And in 2002, I returned back to Statoil at the time. and started to work as corporate controller for our international business. But my hobby, that was to kind of challenge my colleagues on the stupidity of the budgeting that we were doing. And looking back, I don't think I was very diplomatic. But, and it took some time, but three years later, 2005, we went together to the executive committee and proposed not just to kick out the budget, because now this had become broader. Well, this was more about changing the way we were leading and, and managing. And, and we got the yes. And since then, I have been working full-time on this stuff. And in all these years, I've always been working quite a lot externally. There's been a massive external interest, speaking, workshops, some consulting, and uh, more and more of that. And then and now, as I said, it's 100% through um, BoxNest Advisory. So the Equinor story is over, but my Beyond Budgeting journey is not over. So well, that's, that's how I started. So some um, wise Wait. people around you, some great questions, some coincidences, and you need some luck. But... Um, yeah. Quite a story. Quite a story. You also wrote a book about it, didn't you? So what is the title again? And do you mind telling us more about that book? The book is called Implementing Beyond Budgeting, Unlock- Unlocking the Performance Potential. And uh, the first edition came out in 2008. And in 2016, I came out with a revised second version because so much had happened and in that second version there are some of the same content uh, as in the first there is the obviously what is beyond budgeting and some fascinating cases you have the borealis case you have the equinor case i've updated especially the equinor case and there's a new chapter about beyond budgeting in agile because the many similarities and obviously a chapter about implementation advice which also has been revised quite quite heavily so the I had the discussion with myself and Wiley, the um, publisher, about should it be a new book or a heavily rewritten uh, new version, and we concluded on the last. But uh, So I've written the book I wanted to read myself. It's not very academic. It is a story from the trenches of real company life, and people tell me that they like it and they recognize what I'm talking about. So then I think it served. If, it, if that is true, then it has served its purpose. Very nice. Very nice. So for people who want to start maybe their beyond budgeting journey, aside from the book, is there like a community or a Slack or anything out there to help them learn along the way? There is a community. It's called Beyond Budgeting Roundtable, which is an international network. We are kind of more, we are bigger in, definitely bigger in Europe than in US for the time. But through the pandemic, when our meetings have been online, we've had participation for, from all over the world. We are going back to physical ones and we typically meet twice a year in London and there's a number of local national meetings and you have the website bbrt.org that will be completely refurbished in the near future and it's also possible we, we still operate with a, 
a member model. You can be individual member, company member. That will provide you access to a lot of white papers and stuff written over the years. So there's a, a massive amount of, of knowledge here, case stories and research studies and so on. And, and they keep coming. And there are more, I mean, there are more books than mine. Of course, the first book written about Beyond Budgeting was written about the guys that interviewed me back in the Borgales days where they were looking for companies that had kicked out the budget. Jeremy Hope and Robin Fraser, researchers, authors. So they are, the, in a way, the original inventors of the term beyond budgeting, but they got their inspiration from several companies, including Borealis. And I've been in this community since we started out. And their book called Implementing Budgeting came out on Harvard Business Press in 2003. Then there's a, a colleague of mine <clears throat> called in Beyond Budgeting called Steve Morlich who is he has a PhD in system thinking, but still with his feet on the ground. And he's written some, some great books on forecasting, on reporting, on dynamic resource allocation. He has a book called The Little Book of Beyond Budgeting. You'll find all of these on Amazon, and I highly recommend these as well. So I think there's no lack of kind of written stuff out there. What has happened lately, which I don't know if we, I think I shared it with you last time, is that the big consulting companies are waking up. Boston Consulting Group, uh, PricewaterhouseCoopers, Accenture, Deloitte, and so on. And I wrote in my book, I'm very open, I have an ambivalent view on this, but I wrote in my book that we need these guys on board because they have got channels and muscles that we don't have. But we want them on board with a full and broad, deep understanding of what this is. They must not reduce this to rolling forecasts and something mechanistic. And some of them, like BCG, have actually said that, I mean, we don't want to do that. We are seriously interested and we want to go into this, whatever you do. So I have actually agreed to a bit formally team up on a part-time basis with these guys. And I'm also working with some of the others that I mentioned. And again, I'm not naive. I mean... They have their agenda, we have ours, uh, we are very open about it, but so far my experiences hasn't made me regret that decision, I have to say. Wow, that's so, good. Uh, so Definitely, there's a lot of help if anybody wants to start this journey. Now, Beyond Budgeting is definitely plugging the holes of the Agile movement. Are you aware of various groups that actually focus on organizational agility, for example, reinventing work, corporate rebels, Deming users group, etc. Have you considered joining forces with the likes of them? Yeah, I mean, I, I, we are in close contact with the corporate and the two founders. We know them well. So, and again, there are many similarities. And we actually, on these meetings I talked about in London, we often invite other communities. We've had a holacracy in, we've had other ones, because again, we are all fighting the same enemy, Right. Coming from different angles, kind of different tactics, but the enemy is very much the same. So the more we can join forces, the stronger we are. So the answer is definitely yes. But without comparing any of these models, I mean, a number of them have, as you touched upon, they have some holes in them when it comes to running a big corporate organization. That is not criticizing these models. It's just reflecting the birthplace. That doesn't mean that they can't do good stuff, but I think what makes Beyond Budgeting stand out a little bit here is that it was actually born on a corporate level as a way to run a large organization, while smaller also for that sake. 
And you have this strong focus both on management processes and leadership principles, and this strong focus on coherence between what is said and what is done. But there should be no competition between us, and that serves nobody. So we have invited and we will continue to do so. I'm speaking next week on uh, requisite agility. I think it's taking place in the US as one example. Great. So final question. You said that you are not too familiar with SAFE. And from what you have seen, it seems scary. Do you mind expanding on how Beyond Budgeting is different from SAFE's approach on budgeting and portfolio management? Or why does SAFE look scary to you? Now, the reason I ask is that you mentioned that Roche Pharmaceutical is doing Beyond Budgeting. Mm-hmm. and But I saw in a job description they posted for Enterprise Agile Coach that part of the job is to coach and mentor SAFE across the organization. First of all, I'm obviously not a SAFE expert. Right. That, that's, that's obvious. I do follow a lot of the discussion in the Agile community about SAFE, which is quite intense from time to time. That alone doesn't mean that SAFE is bad, right? But my question marks come from kind of looking at, for instance, that one pager where you're going to get it all on, on one page and which has a tiny, tiny dot called lean, lean Budgeting, which I think really underestimates how much damage this process is doing in organizations. It is still a model more based on improving software development than on running a a full organization, right? And what really stinks, and this you can quote me on, is the certification. If it is true that you have to be recertified every single year, then for me that you're only making, or the people behind this is only making this into a commercial machine, right? Yeah, there's no certification in Beyond Budgeting, and there will never be. But how can we certify that somebody gets it? It's meaningless. We know we're giving up a nice cash flow, but we will not prostitute ourselves. And last but not least, I have seen that safe one pager. I haven't seen the safe manifesto, the principles, kind of the overlying. It's uh, It might exist, but for me... It, if you look at beyond budgeting, it is 12 principles that does not rep- represent any management recipe at all, right? It is principles that shall provide guiding and inspiration. But what this should mean in an organization depends on that organization's history, culture, business. And we could never have written out such a flowchart or whatever you will call it as, as safe as done. But again, I know I'm doing this with these observations from the outside, and I hope I'm wrong. That would be nice. But based on what I've seen and heard, it doesn't sound too good. And I hope I don't offend anyone here because that's not my intention. And again, the more we can join forces, the stronger we are. But I mean, there has to be limits to to everything, to put it that way. Thank you very, very much. You have given us a lot of food for thoughts. Thank you for coming to talk to us about Beyond Budgeting. Yes. Thank you for inviting me. Yes, and thank you. Like you, we agree we all need to join forces. So thanks again, Bjarta, and we look forward to hopefully working with you again in the future. Likewise. Great to meet you. All right, thank you. That's it, folks. This concludes our discussion on Beyond Budgeting. Next time, we're going to explore Change the Way We Change with Stephen Perry. So stay tuned.
Thank you so much for listening to our Agile Tales. Feel free to ping us on our agiletales.com.